Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, welcome to the Tom Myers vs. the Rest of the World 2020 Best of Special. Although we only did six episodes this year, we discussed a lot, from the COVID pandemic to the presidential election and its aftermath. Here are the best moments from this year, plus some bits that didn't quite make the initial airings. Joining me are Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, J.J. Boyd, Michelle Wojcikowski, Tara Haley, Susan Turnbull, Lucy Strasball, Shireen Kassam, Linda Landeros, and Violet Gray. Donald Trump tested positive for COVID-19 earlier this month. The White House has contingency plans in case something happens to him. So do I. I'm playing wine fairy to all of my friends and having a big party over Zoom. When news of the diagnosis came out, Fox started composing and recording funeral music, just in case. Ivanka Trump tweeted that her father is a warrior and that he would beat the virus. I don't know, Ivanka. This seems a lot more serious than non-existent bone spurs. 
if Joe Biden is not left wing enough for you, you don't have that many options. There is the Republican backed by way of Russian intelligence agencies, Green Party, with its presidential candidate, Howie Hawkins. Howie. Howie is not the name of a world leader. Howie is your neighbor's nine-year-old kid who tries to sell you $5 chocolate bars so his soccer team can go play in a tournament out of state. <laughs> Would you like to buy a chocolate bar, Chancellor Merkel? <laughs> I tried to write some jokes about the libertarians, but then I came to the conclusion that they should be able to write them without help from anyone else. <laughs> there is hope for Trump's chances of victory. If you count only the votes in states where someone has threatened to throw a tall boy bar table at my head while I was on stage, then Donald Trump wins the Electoral College unanimously. It looks like Trump will retire like most aging white New Yorkers, move to Florida, play golf, and bitch about non-whites, the ones who don't change his linens. The Republican Party is so far gone from its days when it could call itself the party of Lincoln. The only way they could accurately use the term four score and seven years ago is when they answer the question, when was the last time anyone in your family shook hands with a black person? It's official. COVID-19 is now a major cause of death among Americans. That's great news for tobacco company executives who are finally relieved to be bumped off the top of the list. <laughs> Donald Trump is replacing all of the career officials at the Pentagon with his own supporters and fellow conspiracy theorists in an effort that will later be known as Operation September 11th, the sequel. <laughs> Scott Atlas left the White House Coronavirus Task Force. I always thought it was a questionable move to bring in someone from the Hoover Institute, named after someone who looked at one of the greatest economic calamities in the country's history and said, fuck it, let it sort itself out. Atlas's departure was a historic moment. It was the first time that liberals actually enjoyed watching Atlas shrugged. <laughs> Trump supporters are leaving Facebook and Twitter because they're tired of their posts being fact-checked. So they're moving to a new app called Parler, spelled P-A-R-L-E-R. -E it's the perfect place for Trumpsters, an app with the name of a word that's misspelled. And if you have any complaints about that joke, you can reach out to me on my parlor account. <laughs> oh no. Hot Dad Bod Triple X 36. <laughs> That's right, Dan Bongino. You thought you could block me on Twitter, but I'm back, fucker. <laughs> Kyle Rittenhouse's cash bond was raised by none other than actor Rick Schroeder, fitting for someone who played a New York City police officer to raise funds for someone who killed two protesters trying to stop police brutality. Rick Schroeder basically just made Andy Sipowitz look less racist. <laughs> Another of Kyle Rittenhouse's supporters is Mike Lindell, the founder of MyPillow. Coincidentally, MyPillow will be Kyle Rittenhouse's nickname in prison. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that any point of view other than Donald Trump's could be recognized in this country is baffling to some Americans. Viewers of Fox, for example. Being flabbergasted by the positive affirmation to opposing views is a major character trait of Fox hosts, as we can see in their reaction to the audience at a Pete Buttigieg town hall hosted by their network. Wouldn't your plan to do away with the Electoral College hurt a state like New Hampshire? Well, first of all, New Hampshire's status as an early primary state is one of the things that sees to it that there is a lot of attention paid here. And it's actually something that I think forces us candidates to get out of national media mode and actually engage people in a human way, which is helpful. But when it comes to the general election, at risk of sounding simplistic, 
I think the right thing to do is just to have everybody's vote count the same. Look, states don't vote, people And He's extremely progressive, wants to get rid of the Electoral College. Right. In New Hampshire, which would diminish their effectiveness. But he also uh, paid People uh, clapped loudly when he said that. Because they're all his friends. I think he's related to the whole audience. They sound like aliens. What is this will of the people concept of which you humans speak? I mean, I would watch more episodes of Fox and Friends if just them hearing views like that means that they would go into just complete short circuit mode and then stroke out right there live on television. The concept that anybody could believe something that they have been told not to believe is foreign to them. Or that, more importantly, that people would do something that took something potentially an advantage away from them for the greater good. That's what they can't believe. They, that's why they keep saying, well, wouldn't that hurt New Hampshire? Isn't that bad? You know, so the idea that people in New Hampshire would support something that ultimately gives them slightly less power for a general principle, that's what they can't understand. Right, that's, that's something that uh, goes against the, the uh, Fox uh, playbook. Good point. I love the stuff they come up with. <laughs> when they said that the, the whole audience is his friends, like, I, there should be a sketch show where we can, like, show, like, okay, so here's a sketch where we show, you know, Pete Buttigieg calling all his friends saying, like, hey, so I'm going to be doing this thing for, like, Fox News. Are you, can you come? You down? And then, like, okay, cool. Uh, well, I have, like, you know, 500 other people to call because I have a lot of friends. Was that and, just like, a dig at, like, how small New Hampshire is? Or, I don't know, you know, he... He sound, they make him sound like he has a lot of friends and that's a good thing. That means he's liked. Like, do, are they that unlikable? They're like, ugh, we only have two friends. Oh, wait, that's And we me. booked him on a bringer show. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. It's a Fox audience. Like, it's their audience. So they're upset at how their audience reacted. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, come on. We've talked about they're not exactly rocket scientists. You know, I mean, they probably forgot by the time they went on, or they would think that their audience had forgotten that they had put their own, you know, that it was that it was Fox News watchers in the audience. Hey, let's just say they're all Mayor Pete's friends. Yeah, well, that's what we'll do. Typically, Democratic candidates garner the lion's share of celebrity endorsements. There are some who will endorse a Republican candidate for office as we can see from this clip of a cringeworthy rendition of the Star Spangled Banner as performed at a Trump rally by Ted Nugent.
great again, and we will make Michigan great again. Won't we? Live it up. Have a great hunting season. Kill lots of shit. Kill lots of shit is coincidentally uh, Trump's immigration policy. Is oh. that song called Cat Scratch COVID? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. That was, uh, wow. <laughs> that's that's really going to do very well with a senior vote, don't you yeah. think? <laughs> well, I like how Ted Nugent talks to his audience like they're children, especially where he goes, won't we? Michigan's going to be great, won't it? Yes, it will. Well, you know, Tommy has a long history of being very interested in underaged people. So that doesn't surprise me. That was just the most painful rendition of that. I, I mean, literally, after the first 15 seconds, it was just like him going, thinking he was on stage at like Woodstock or something. Ooh. Well, no, the, the version at Woodstock was actually good. Yeah. <laughs> well, he already had the brown acid. So <laughs> it's like I could imagine, like, you know, even the most hardcore, you know, red blooded American who loves hearing the national anthem, even they would hear about 15 seconds of that and go, okay, that's enough. I heard enough. Well, the funny thing is, I, again, playing trumpet and the, the youth activity is music. You know, all you hear a lot of times from the extreme right is, you know, just play the damn tune. Stop embellishing about that. I mean, that wasn't even the whole, that barely started out to be the Star Spangled Banner and ended up some kind of like Stevie Ray Vaughan just did three triple somersaults in his grave over that. It was horrible. <laughs> well, if it's any consolation, I did have mercy on you guys and I edited that clip. <laughs> God bless your soul. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other big, the other big Republican supporter out of Michigan that's a rock star is Kid Rock. I don't know, guys. Who would we rather in this scenario? How do you want to die by by the by hanging or a gunshot? <laughs> wow. Like the, the only way I want to see Ted Nugent or Kid Rock dressed in camouflage is if there's a possibility of getting shot in an armed conflict. I was about to say if they were both had antlers strapped to their head and I had a loaded gun. <laughs> I actually think the only person missing from that visual trifecta is that guy from the Tiger King. <laughs> Before Ted Nugent shoots him. Bam! Lady Gaga, on the other hand, was in Pittsburgh yesterday with Joe Biden. I saw that, yeah. And we can hang, and Dolly Parton is Joe. Oh, right. There is one more thing keeping Mitch McConnell from losing his grip on the United States Senate, much in the same way he tries to maintain his grip on staying alive. It's the two Senate runoff elections in Georgia. This past Sunday saw two Senate debates. The second of the two runoff debates was between Senator Kelly Leffler of Trump land and Reverend Raphael Warnock of Georgia. Like a good Trump party member, Kelly Leffler remembered her talking points like a pro. Unfortunately for her, she didn't seem to remember anything else as we can see in these excerpts from her debate performance. You know, Chuck Schumer said, now we take Georgia, then we change America. The, the promise that Chuck Schumer made was to fundamentally change America, and I'm making sure that we don't go down the road of socialism. I was born and raised on a farm. I grew up working in the fields. I waitressed my way through school, and I was the first in my family to graduate from college. I worked hard to live the American dream. The Democrats want to fundamentally change America, and the agent of change is my opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock. I'm fighting for the American dream every day. You know, my opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, radical liberal Raphael Warnock has partnered with Stacey Abrams well, predictably, you've just heard more lies 
from radical liberal Raphael Warnock. My opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, would be a rubber stamp for Chuck Schumer. You've just heard radical liberal Raphael Warnock lie again and not answer a question. And my opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, would be a rubber stamp for Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. I have been blessed to live the American dream. I was born and raised on a farm. I grew up working in the fields. I started filling out a time card when I was 11. I waitressed my way through high school and college. And I also know I'm blessed to live the American dream, and that's why I'm fighting to protect it. But my opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, is a socialist. I was blessed to live the American dream. Look, these are more lies from radical liberal Raphael Warnock. Everything's at stake on January 5th, the future of the country. We can take the path of supporting the American dream, or we can take the path of socialism that radical liberal Raphael Warnock wants to bring to our country. If only there was a way to tell the political affiliation of the candidates. Right, right. I, I was just wondering, wait, which, which side is he on? Is he, how what are his politics and how extreme is he? I, I just couldn't. <laughs> All I see is is a wig like Bugs Bunny used to dress up in, going, my name is Elmer J. Fudd. I own a mansion and a yacht. My name is Elmer J. Fudd. I own a mansion and a yacht. Oh, my uh, God. By the way, I promise I didn't just cut and paste the same clip when I when I did the editing. I mean, she yeah. that, that was half the time she said radical liberal Raphael Warnock. I, when I was editing for this episode, the actual clip I was going to show was about five minutes long. Oh, and then I just said, okay, I, I can't, I can't listen to this. I, I had to cut it down. What's she's defending America against socialism. The same person whose family farm has taken $3 million in subsidies <laughs> from the taxpayers. It's the same person who just uh, financed a, uh, a campaign airplane at the expense of the taxpayers. But she's defending America against Chuck Schumer. And why did she pick Chuck Schumer, folks? Because he's Jewish. That's why. Oh. And she's got the she's got the charisma of a prostate exam. Yeah. <laughs> I think not, rather, not one you scheduled, but one like you're just walking <laughs> along something the wrong just way. walking down the street one day and then a prostate <laughs> jumps out of the bushes. Folks, you just saw this people put together a good joke there. Because Jay said she has the charisma of a prostate exam, and then Violet made the joke better by saying it's a unscheduled prostate exam. And then Jeff ruined it by explaining how the joke just worked. <laughs> and then I just ruined it. That's right. <laughs> Tom, but Tom will edit that out, so no one will know what I just did. Leave that in. <laughs> At the very least, it will go in the best of an unheard clip section. <laughs> That's for the Patreons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was almost like whenever you turn into a top 40 radio station, always the, the moment you turn in, it's the same songs that you keep hearing over and over again. That was her That was her debate performance, basically. Yes, it was basically her debate performance was the greatest hits of Kelly Loeffler's debate performance. Yeah, it was Sweet Child of Mine on, the, on your classic rock station for the 17th time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's just the chorus over and over. Right, over. right. <laughs> and in that song, the sweet child was born on a farm and worked waitressing tables. Right. I don't know if she mentioned that. And didn't mention that she's married to the president of the New York Stock Exchange. Oh, yeah. You know, like most hardworking class Americans are. <laughs> That's my American dream. That's who I want to marry. <laughs>
You want to marry the president of the New York Stock Exchange? Dude, I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gay, but I would consider it to feel for the for the for the for the package deal, you know. <laughs> right. You get your private jet, and you know. I'll give a handy to the bull down in Wall Street. I'm right here. I can go in this. <laughs> Jeff, congratulations. Something has just bumped your explaining of the joke out of the <laughs> Not one to be denied a voice by those they deem the fake news media, these Trump supporters provide an introspective and emotional view, as we can see in this video. What is it that brings you out here tonight, ma'am? Um, <laughs> I just believe in America, and I think Trump is the president, so. I think he's the greatest president we've ever had. I'm just, I'm too emotional. But i really thankful that I've been invited here, so. Tell me what, what makes you emotional about the president? What he's done for the country, all his policy changes, what he's done for black and brown Americans, and um, what he's done for Hispanic people. And this, uh, I'm trying to think. Um, and you know, we have, Colombians, we have Venezuelans, we have Cubans that have come here from their socialist country and now live in Florida and they're for Trump. We have all these states that are open and some of these states that aren't open, I don't understand why. The COVID figures they're projecting right now, in my opinion, are a hoax. They're not as high as they are. The media is being false and our father who art in heaven is very angry with the media. He's very angry with Biden and Camilla Harris. They're going to hell and they're going to have to ask forgiveness for that. And if they don't, they're going to hell. I've asked the Holy Spirit, I've asked the angels to take him, have Satan give him a tour of hell. And I'm hoping it happens soon. I think we're already there, judging by that guy. How much worse could that guy be feeling? Like, what was that? I mean, what? I found myself agreeing with something he said, though. He said that he gets very emotional thinking about what Trump, all that Trump has done for the country and for black and brown Americans and for Latino Americans. I get very emotional about that also. Agreed. Yeah. In the opposite direction. Right. Yes. Shireen, you have got to have some thoughts on this Florida <laughs> man. I, well, there was two things that were really bugging me. One, his voice did not match his face. Like that is not what a crackhead sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> That is all that I could keep thinking about. I was like, that is not the guy's voice. <laughs> and then the second piece was like, I was like, oh my God, Tom, stop playing this because I could see myself like listening to this and start like, I sometimes I get scared, like how these people get brainwashed. Like how much do you have to listen to this to actually fall into that brainwash category? Like that scares me. I was just like, oh my God, if I keep listening to him, I might actually agree with something he says. I actually found it soothing. You know, there was the piano music in the background and that piano music actually helped to cover up the fact that, you know, he sounded like a dick. No, he did. But then I was like nervous. I was like, oh, my God, if he keeps going, I might just have to, I might get brainwashed. Like the music was like that, that hypnosis, like you will believe you will believe brown he, people are bad. And I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm a bad person. <laughs> And I know this is an audio podcast, but Tom showed us uh, the video and he was wearing a mask despite the fact that <laughs> COVID's overrated, except he wasn't wearing it over his face. He was wearing it on his neck and his chin. 
if the only mask yep. that you had was a Trump mask, would you wear it correctly? No, you'd want to <laughs> just kind of keep it off to the side. Maybe wear it as an ascot, you know. Did anybody else just feel like that was a, a real roller coaster of emotion? Like, I'm all for a sensitive man. I appreciate that he is willing <laughs> to get, you know, very uh, open on camera, but that was just an up and down. I mean, that was all it was like. I thought he was going to cry for a while. And then he got real hopeful. Then he started talking about Jesus. Then he got vengeful. Like it was all stages of like grief in a one minute clip. Abby just gave him a line for his par his parlor profile <laughs> called a sensitive man by a liberal. <laughs> That's a badge, right? That's a badge of honor. Right. <laughs> hey, a liberal once called me sensitive. So... <laughs> This can't be a microaggression. <laughs> One of the attendees of Trump's rally in Tulsa was Herman Cain, who later caught COVID and was dead within weeks. Some people recognize him from his 2012 presidential campaign. Some people recognize him from being the CEO of Godfather's Pizza, his 999 tax plan. But I prefer to remember this clip from the 1990s, singing about his love of pizza to a very familiar tune. Imagine there's no pizza I couldn't if I tried Eating all the tacos Or Kentucky Fried Imagine only burgers forgiven for thinking that Mark David Chapman shot the wrong singer. What did I just hear? And how can I get those minutes of my life back? Oh, <laughs> oh that was fantastic. I love a parody song. Um, I, it, it, he did such a great job on that. I'm eating only tacos or fried, uh, Kentucky fried. Imagine only burgers. Personally, I like to imagine that this is actually just a commentary on America's over-reliance on the meat industry. His uh, his Twitter feed, though, uh, even though he's passed, his Twitter feed's still going, right? Yeah. So his he may not be able to talk about politics with family at the Thanksgiving dinner table, but his Twitter feed still can. <laughs> but I mean, he sings "Imagine No More Pizza." I was a road comic and ate like one for ten years. My colon and my asshole would be thrilled if I imagined there was no more pizza. <laughs> That's an image I didn't need. <laughs> <laughs> 
makes that song sound so much more wholesome now, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> the alternatives he gave you were tacos, burgers, and fried chicken. That's that's the lyrics of the song. Those are your only alternatives in this world. Yeah, I have right. to admit, pizza probably wins with most of those. On certain times, fried chicken will work, but mostly it's going to be pizza. In 2017, Michelle Bachman said she considered running for the U.S. Senate seat in Minnesota, but was awaiting God's counsel before making her decision. She hasn't yet officially made up her mind, as God still hasn't stopped laughing his ass off at the idea. (laughs) Donald Trump sent his longtime friend Rudy Giuliani to Philadelphia to hold a news conference about the alleged voter fraud claims. During his campaign, Trump said, bad things happen in Philadelphia. Indeed... (laughs) By sending Rudy Giuliani, he reminded us that even worse things happen in hotel rooms booked by Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> Good one. I was going to try and show the clip of Rudy Giuliani's news conference in Philadelphia where he alleges the ballot fraud, but I would have to edit so much misinformation out of the video that I would be left with a noun, a verb, and a plug for his favorite local small business-owned sex shop. Instead... I'll give you this memorable moment from a charity event in 2000. You know, you're really beautiful. You know, looks like that. Oh, have your own special scent. Oh, thank you. Maybe, maybe you could tell me what you think of this scent. Hmm, I like that. This, this may be the best of all. Oh, you dirty boy, you! Oh, oh. Donald, I thought you were a gentleman. Hm. You can't say I didn't try. You know, once you motorboat a New York City mayor and drag, even you know, if you're Donald Trump, you'd feel like a dick if you didn't, you know, have him help you try to gaslight the country. <laughs> Lucy, I think we're all going to need to get sessions with you after watching. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm. There's no word for how appalled I am at the, the just the utter sleaziness of these people. <laughs> Pure sleaze. Ah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was. This was back before Trump uh, dipped his foot into the into the pool of politics. So I'm, I'm pretty sure this was done as kind of an entertainment type uh, thing. But I mean. You know, even so, it does put it in a nefarious life, given what's happening now. And you also need to watch when you use the uh, phrase that Trump is dipping his anything into anyone. Yeah. <laughs> we're all done with that. I specified the right body part. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Before we go, my final thought. As we approach the holiday season... Let's all be considerate of one another. I especially want to address this to everybody who caters to holiday shoppers. Please make sure all your customers practice shopping very safely, maintain social distancing, and wearing a mask. And if any of your customers refuse to do that, do the only humanitarian thing possible. Telling their kids that the coronavirus killed Santa Claus. (laughs) Good night. Just when I think you can't say something more fucked than I've ever heard you say before. (laughs) You come up with Rona killed Santa, kids. Oh my gosh. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, J.J. Boyd, Michelle Wojcikowski, Tara Haley, 
Susan Turnbull, Lucy Strassball, Shireen Kassam, Linda Landeros, and Violet Gray. Special thanks to Robbie Goodwin, Debbie Abrams Kaplan, Ken Water, and Michelle Wojcikowski. Theme music by Jeroen Vandenhurek. Executive producer, Tom Myers. Executive producer for IPM Nation, Matt Connerton. For more information, visit tommyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Ugly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Ace. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, funny productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.